Welcome listeners to the Punk Theology Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Shaw. Soon, Kristen, Derek, Steve, and Chuck, and I will be talking about money, baby. Wealth. Love don't pay my bills. I need money. Money, money. What could J.D. Perry, president of the First National Bank, wealthy and influential citizen of his community, share with Joe Clark, day labor, or Betty Wilson? They all want things that money can buy. Punktheology.net. Yes, that would be the website for this here podcast. And thanks again to Kristen and Carlton for being co-producers. And that's why you don't have to listen to us blather on about ads or hear ads. There's none of that. Check us out on Patreon or Patreon slash Punk Theology. All one word. Why not? Be generous with your listening dollars. I don't know. This, this is the Punk Theology Podcast. And you're listening to Season 4. Off the show. That's the worst intro you've ever oh, had. Geez, what the fuck that happened? Is horrible. <laughs> uh, come on, man. I usually what, have like you, there's like those punk rock in the back. Where did your radio like, voice go? This just comes in. All right. <laughs> like this is just what's going on. So what are you guys drinking tonight? We're we're kicking off this subject. We're gonna talk about wealth and money and why people want it. Uh you're not drinking alcohol? Derek not is drinking not usually drinking. Oh, I don't drink much at all. Chuck, I have I'm started not... combining Kristen. weed and alcohol recently, and that's been fun, but I have to be real careful about how much I do. You only just started getting crossfaded? Crossfaded. It's... You're yeah. the cutest! Well, it's because oh, so <laughs> well, Lemitrogen fucked me up so bad when I was on. Oh, alcohol. that makes sense. Okay, sorry. I'm very condescending. <laughs> I'm very condescending to you. It's <laughs> I realized this last week. I was like, ooh, I'm very condescending. No, it's okay. And then I, I, I felt really bad about you do it. it I like, lovingly. I like taking your condescension <laughs> and then giving it a real world purpose. And then yeah, I know. You're hilarious. You're so funny. Like last week with ringtones, and I didn't catch it until later the whole who uses a ringtone anymore. And I'm like, nobody. <laughs> so Kristen, Not in 16 years. Kristen, what do you got in the glass? Okay. Okay, I have to go first. Um, Jack Daniels. It's the Ooh. Tennessee honey whiskey. Oh, there you go. Oh, the honey one. There you go. Uh, Chuck hates that shit. Okay. <laughs> Chuck doesn't that. like anything sweet because well, he's the sweetest human on the planet and he aw. hates himself. <laughs> no, it's because he hates himself. So it's Jack Daniels. It's gross. I like Jack what? Daniels. What are you like high end, high end whiskey? Yeah. Are you, are you, oh, okay. <laughs> like Knob Creek? Do you like the Knob Creek? Nope, that's gross. Um, I like a real oh, peaty whiskey. Oh, okay. As Scotch is really what I would prefer. Scotch, uh, scotch, no. the, the only difference between Scotch and whiskey, though, is the spelling. <sighs> yeah. So I have a, I just got this tonight, actually. Um, it's the Kirkland, Kirkland brand Scotch 
Yep, no idea. Anyway, it was aged in a, a cherry um, barrel. Do they call it a cherry? No. They should. I know. My favorite would be uh, the Lagavulin brand, though. Who is Steve sitting by? Steve's got. Uh... It's my girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a development. <laughs> <laughs> Let me in. No. She should always be your girlfriend, though. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Let me in. Treat her like your. Oh, oh here we go. Let me in. Two Steves. That's what she said. Double Steve. There we go. Whoa. You're not synced. That's weird. Now I just bailed on the other one. This on the Punk Theology Podcast, Steve has a twin brother we did not know about. <laughs> I went through high school saying that. Wait, are we recording? Wait, you went through high school? Yeah, yeah we're we've recording. been recording for a little while. Are we recording video? <clears throat> yes. No, oh, thank we're you. We're recording everything. Okay. What are you doing with this video? I'm I'm dumping it on the dark web. <laughs> Crush? No, I wouldn't put video up without you guys' permission. All right. Really? I still I think delete, it would be fun. Just delete it. We we have video that's up on the YouTube page that no one's watching. I think we have nine subscribers. You have a YouTube page? Yeah, we Steve, do. Yeah. You actually have to log out. You can't just turn your phone off. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Don't worry. About it. You can. You just took my name. I would not. I would not. Uh, Hang on, trust or whatever. What do you call it? You wouldn't. <laughs> I'm to find the right word. What do you call it? Oh, the I, thing where you like uh, you like hurt people. You know, Russ, I don't. I wouldn't do by, that. By the facial expression expressions, I don't think that we are all in the same uh, a love tree or the tree. What's the? Um, I See, that's what I'm doing, Chuck. I'm trying to find words, and my brain can't find them really quickly. Oh, I just can't edit this I, shit. So, I can't remember so the movie whoever's title. listening to this is listening to the raw, like the shit coming out of our brain when it it slowly does because of okay. alcoholic products. That we so, who else is doing. drinking right now? Derek's not. I am. Oh, I'm, I'm having. Uh, anybody know the name <gasps> of this? That's right. This beer? We already talked about it. <laughs> I can't what? pronounce that. A snow drift vanilla porter, which is actually yeah. pretty good. And then it cools. The vanilla is like not overwhelming. And I'm like, you know, but it's a little more than, than fucking Coors Light. I'll tell you that. Like it's a little more, a little more pep to it. Liquid bread. Yep. Yeah. Does Steve, do you drink? I do, but I'm not. Not at this point. Not. I'm when you're tonight. happy, when you're happy, what drink do you drink? He's a wine guy, too. I'm a wine, but it depends who I'm with. You know, if I'm with, if I'm with people, I love wine. I love to sit around, drink glasses of wine together and talk. But if you're alone? Beer. What kind? Darker the better. All right. You like Guinness? Oh, God, less. Irish Death is my favorite. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's yes. really good. Yeah, Irish Death is really it's good. It's a meal in a glass. It is, like Dirk was saying. Yes. It's, a, it's a loaf of bread. Yes, it is. That's right. uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. Steve was with me when we had Peter Rollins on the show. And we went to uh, McMinniman's and had... Uh, what was that, Steve, we were drinking? I, I think I had a porter. Yeah. I think it was a Black Willow porter. Yeah, at the yeah, time. yeah. What was Peter drinking? I can't remember because it wasn't a Guinness. Because that's no, the first thing that. you asked him. 
Yeah. You asked him. I did. You I think I was there first, a... and he was sitting at the bar, and he's like, "Whatever this is, <laughs> it's yeah. the porter on the house. Like that's they didn't offer, you know, anything else but what they make there at, yeah. at McMinimans. Uh, you ever been to a McMinimans, Christian? Oh man, I think it's you come to town. We're going to fucking McMinimans. Yeah, yeah. And there's it's a fun. fireplace. I mean, if they let us because of fucking COVID-19 and all those shit that's going on. We're going to get vaccinated soon. The vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. It doesn't prevent you from spreading COVID. <laughs> you still have to talk to us, do all the bullshit. I really don't want to talk about it. Okay. I don't. Like, okay. I am so sick of this conversation. I'm ready to yes, kill somebody. There's you. <clears throat> So we're talking about money. We're talking about why people want to get rich. That Speaking is of COVID. We've, <laughs> that's that's uh, the topic. So we we uh, I mean, there's been a lot of news about the stock market lately. You know, you too. Gen Z it. is like, ooh, the stock market. Like, I could get rich off of. What specifically are you talking about, Russ? Well, the whole GameStop thing is in the in the news. And some other stuff. Wall Street Bets uh, is a Reddit uh, site that people has been getting a lot of news lately. And I was on there. And so I bought uh, some AMC just because I thought, yeah, this is kind of fun. I mean, I like the story. Yeah, I really did. A bunch of hedge fund managers who've been shorting stock for years, playing the system. You know, it's totally legal for them to fuck over companies and play the system. And then a bunch of people on Reddit decided to jump in on a stock that they've been shorting, the short squeeze, it's called, and and just totally, they bankrupt one company. And I don't know. I, I really think that kind of shit's awesome because I'm an old punk rock guy who wants to fuck the man. And all these guys really did a disrupt um, the stock market for a while. For but the story's days. waning and uh, I didn't make any so Didn't they make a movie <laughs> with that uh boiler room yes boiler room oh well, yeah basically the same thing but yeah the wolf no. of wall street too which is funny because the guy who who wrote the book the wolf of wall street did a little funny uh youtube video where it's it's the part in the movie in the wolf of wall street where he's pumping everybody up to, to buy we're gonna buy we're gonna buy and then we're gonna hold we're gonna hold and all these guys are standing in front of him you know, and he's like this pep talk fucking Tony Robbins kind of guy. And he's kind of doing that on the video and then it ends. But the funny thing is, is right after that in the movie, they all went bankrupt and got fired and somewhat to jail. <laughs> Which is kind of, I don't know. It's just a weird time to be alive is what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm also reflecting back on my own desire to, to be wealthy, to have money. And to do it fast and not to have to go to fucking college like you all motherfuckers did. Because <laughs> I didn't have the discipline or the smarts or the, you know, I'm like the special ed kid with a dyslexia and ADHD and I was not doing well in school. How many total fucking idiots went to college, bro? Yeah, I knew a bunch. No, it's because you have money. People have money and they fucking. No, not no they didn't have money. They went into debt. They yeah, they good. There you go. thousand dollars in debt. But you still have to have some kind of clout to get the debt to go into college. Nope. Well, 
Not in your day, day, maybe. Not in our day. It's true. No, it's not in my day. True. No. It was a piece of cake. Yeah. Well, I, nope. I know I know a lot of people who have their doctorates who are not who shouldn't. Who no, should exactly. Not. No. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of doctors who shouldn't be doctors, and it kind of freaks me out. Well, and, yeah. and Derek, you and I were talking about the whole money thing today, you know, earlier today, you know, and in relationship to you know, me switching from the private sector to the public. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chuck, you kind of went from being like a, like a, I mean, you went from being a defense attorney to like a public defender, right? As far as the legal aspect. Pretty much. I, from what I, I understand raping, about what you guys do. I was raping and pillaging the land. <laughs> and now I'm in, you know, natural resource conservation. Right. Protecting the land. Yeah. Um, which is a good thing because it pays much oh no it's it pays well a lot less um (laughs) but Derek you made a comment about you know it's you're changing your perspective from you know like working to pay rent to working to do something you like or that's interesting or you know it just gives you meaning like you're actually helping people and you know it's just it that sat with me I don't know. It just re- rather nicely. Um, you know, it's, before it was just work, work, work to make lots and lots and lots of money. And now I don't have to, I mean, I still have to budget my money, but, you know, it's I get to help people and it's just, it's nice. That heavy capitalistic market or model sucks the joy out of everything. Because yeah. even when you're having fun, you're thinking about how you could have been using the time that you used to have fun to make more money. Yep. Mm. And so, yeah. So, and if there's no money, if, if you do, I was think I was talking, talking to you, Chuck, about how in this model that you and I are in now, if you do a shitty job, you don't get paid any less than if you do a good job. Correct. Which, which, gives you permission to do a shitty job as you want but we happen to be working in a field where we actually have to be helping people and we're helping people that have no other options available to them like Mm -hmm. like if we don't help them they're fucked and so there's a completely different incentive for why you do things at that point yeah of like okay i have to do a good job because I have a person relying on me, uh, which really just, yeah, it completely changes. Yeah, it changes the reason you do everything. Yeah, I mean, in the private sector, it's, you have to do a good job because, well, the person you're working for wants to make a lot of money. And the person you're working with is a horrible human being. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, and you don't act, and then that is always that conflict of interest. Like, I'm making me money, but I'm also making this shitbag money. And I'm not really happy about how much of my, how much money I'm making this shitbag, who's just going to turn around and try and fuck me. Yep. The minute he sees an opening, he's going to turn around and try and fuck me. And yeah, like, like just like you just kind of wallow in, like, I'm a horrible person, you're a horrible person. Everybody I know is a horrible person. We're just trying to out horrible each other all the time. 
Yeah, you're just and trying to survive. Yeah, and this is God's plan for my life. Like, <laughs> and it's wonderful. <laughs> and isn't that kind of the plot of the Wolf of Wall Street? You know, that's the plot of the last four of four years of reality. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kristen, you're you're self-employed, right? Like you don't have a some <laughs> boss or someone hanging over you telling you. I have the state of Washington. The state of Washington. Yeah, that's a big one. Though. Regulations. <laughs> mm -hmm. right, they you work for the same people we do. I know. That's why I'm laughing. Yeah, me and Chuck work for the same for the state of Washington. I, I do have a lot more freedom, though, just because I, I, I'm within the private public industry. Right. As much as, as much as Washington State has the final word on things I do, I still have a fair amount of freedom to be able to just kind of explore and connect with people and that part I really appreciate I think that's what I like about working in Washington state is that it has a lot of structure mm. in a way that Idaho doesn't because I live in Idaho but I work in Washington state right and it gives me the structure and then from there I know the rules that I can work with to have a lot of fun and that's cool. well, I, I love my job I love it Mm. and Derek does too I think and I think that's somehow some way that was the message that we got from growing up is you know we're gonna we're not gonna waste our time being miserable we're gonna do something that we really want to do well and all well all four of us are pursuing that in some capacity uh, you mean all four of us siblings yeah oh yeah four of us siblings yep well, Josh yeah, is such an artist. And... I was like, there's five of us. <laughs> I was wondering siblings. if I was still visible. The Han siblings. And then I was wondering, it's like, wait, am I included in this form? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like, hey. <laughs> oh, here's the, where the paranoia comes in. This is fun. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, Ryan. Hey, hey. Just Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. Rank everybody in the group. No. Right. I don't you're, still, you're still metal, Derek. Damn sorry. it. <laughs> <laughs> but you love it, though. No, I hate it. We can't rank things. That's Do you like, really? That's not yeah, being, I've always been, that's that's a long-standing joke, is that I've yeah. always been, like, third out of five on everything. It just depends on what I'm ranking. Yeah, oh. but what things do I not rank third out of five? Well, go the way that people just kind of in their hearts want things to be ranked. So it'll go Russ. Steve, Derek, Chuck, me. No. Why are you? Why are you last? Unless you're talking about hair. Because that's that's what I need. You're talking we're about hair. Move forward from this. No, this is the worst conversation, and we need to move on. <laughs> yeah, we do. This is horrible. So, Steve, I'm, I'm curious about Steve's like desire for wealth. Is like any part? What do you do now? You worked for the same company for a long time, right? Yeah, and I'm working for a man. For a man. For the man. Oh, the man. I was the like, man. hey, man. Derek kind of, <laughs> Derek hit it right on the head. The better I do, the better he does. Right. And the less I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a realization that I've just come to probably in the last, well, since I went into sales. Because mm -hmm. when I delivered and installed, it was, it was separate. It was different. Because it was all set. Now, it's based on what I produce which gives him more money. And then I hear about it when his money's down. You know, your sales are down from a year ago. You're kidding. Really? What's happened in the world in the last year? Hmm. 
Well, that's, you know, you just doesn't get that. Right. But I, I was talking with, I was talking with a friend today and like I lost, well, my, my main driver came down with COVID a week ago today. <laughs> I'm with him every morning for about an hour and a half, two hours, not in a van, but we're outside. So it was kind of a scary weekend. Just every scratchy throat, every sniffle. I thought, God, I got the COVID. Well, now it's been seven days and I'm, I'm, I haven't had it, but what I've had to do now is step in to do full-time deliveries. So I'm doing a two, a man and a half's job, not getting it done and not in neglecting all my sales. Well, it'd just been nice to have had a call from the owner. Hey, I appreciate all you're doing for the company. Fuck no. But I don't, I just don't think it's in them. I just, I honestly don't think it's in them. That's a completely different model. Cause you're, <clears throat> you're inferior to him in his mind. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 capitalism really does encourage elitism yeah it really does create a perspective where the people at the top really genuinely believe they're better than everybody below them mm-hmm. like yeah. like like they really do believe it yeah. all the way down the core of their being yeah i will say um, i will say and they thrive much. because they believe that right one of the nice things about covid is it has kind of thrown a really big wrench into that model, though. Yeah, for sure. Because the me thinking that my employees are inferior inferior than I am allows me to believe that they are replaceable and very easily replaceable. And as more people are you know, like working from home and still doing the work you realize that, oh, no, they're not really replaceable. I mean, you could find an employee that just will say, okay, fuck off, fire me, and I'll collect unemployment because it's $3 a week less than what I'm making now. Yep. Right. Yeah, no, it's going to be – well, that and just just working from home takes so much power away from the employer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and they lose their minds. They're they doing bots now, though, dude. I watched a whole thing on how, like, there's new companies that are popping up on how to track you as you work from home. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you know what? Like Zoom HR or some shit. Like, here's you know how a long... percentage of time they're actually sitting in front of the computer. Yeah, but they'll just, they'll find ways. People are very creative, Russ. They'll find ways to get right. around that, too. They'll, it's like sand through your fingers. The harder they grip, the faster it comes out. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, and again, and to Chuck's point, like I, I had this conversation with John the other day. Like, I really think they're just going to turn the unemployment program into a UBI, a universal basic income. Like, it'll just stay there forever, and that's how the, that's how they shift into the universal basic income. Yeah. And if that's the and because. Anyway, I can get into economics on this. No, go for it. I think it's good because um, I, I believe that too. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of research that points to it worldwide how good it is for an economy to not just have people fucking grinding their lives away and big companies just gain more and more and more power. To where, kind of like they've done here in our country, they take over the fucking government. Yeah, they take. We're over not ran everything. by we're ran by corporations in this yeah. country. Yeah. 
And this is a whole model of just give people, just keep people just above the point where they're about to break always. Yep. And coming to work like slaves. It's yeah. communism backwards. It's the same. It's capitalistic communism. It, yeah. And it, so, um, I mean, and that's where we are. We're, you know, people keep calling this uh, late stage capitalism, which I think is true. I think like you can only, you know, this happens in evolution all the time where things get really, really, really big. And then all of a sudden something happens and then the small things can compete. Uh, and then things get really, really, really small. And we've gotten to the point where the corporations are about as big as they're able to get. Like, yeah. there's just not that much room left for them. Like, they're going to get to the point, you know, they're looking around and there's really only what, like a couple dozen of them, really, if you look at all their agreements. And they're yeah. trying to figure out who's going to eat who now. Yeah. And they're kind of all big enough to the point that none of them are really easy to eat. Uh, they they ate up all the little guys and then they ate up all the mid, mid, medium sized guys. Um, and, uh, and so now the creative class is going to come in and figure out how to tear the whole thing down. The, the thing I love about the up and coming generation, which really started in the mini, mid, middle of the millennials uh, is that they have a video game culture. And the video game culture is they'll play the game until the game becomes boring. And then once the game is boring, they'll break the game. And that's what they're doing with Wall Street right now is they started yeah. to play the game and then they realized the whole game is rigged. Like this is the worst designed game ever. Like, <laughs> everything everything gets sucked to the top mm -hmm. all the time. Like the whole thing is rigged so that I can't compete. So I'll just break it and I'll have fun breaking it. Yeah, exactly. That, there's that. I, th I, I think it's from The Office, some sitcom. I've been having fun breaking things since the 80s. You know, Derek, so it's, what's interesting about that is it's not when they realize that the game is rigged because it's they realize that the game's rigged from the beginning. Right. It's yeah. when the game gets boring right. for them, which really is just like a, a mastery level of the game. Right. Like, yeah, I've, I've, I've finished playing with the facade. Now I want to get behind it and yeah. mess with all the background stuff. And so, then, you know, the the intelligence behind that is just astronomical. Yeah. It's very creative, but, and they'll do it for free. Like, <laughs> yep. They'll, again, it's that, I think it's from the office or something like that, where, you know, s s the other guy asked him like, why are you doing all of this? And he goes, it's easy. It's funny. <laughs> I'm bored and I hate you. That is the true. That is the perfect trilogy, right there. Like, was that Jim to Dwight? I don't remember. <laughs> oh my god! I don't feel like he actually would have ever said it out loud. But, but, but that, that's, that's the idea. Millennials yes. more than anything. It's like, true, though. Like, 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 the, the, the holy right trinity. I will spend eighteen hours a day trinity. for two months pulling off the tiniest, stupidest little <laughs> joke because of those three things. <laughs> And I won't feel, have an ounce of guilt over it. Wait, 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 one more time. I, I need you to say it one more time. What yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. Uh -huh. I'm bored and uh -huh. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I love that. Yeah, I do too. Oh, that's great. That makes me really happy. So, Steve, you probably haven't heard this. I was talking a bit off mic when uh, Chuck jumped in. So, yesterday I got a call from HR at work. And it's because of my tweets. Like, I thought... 
And it was funny because the day before I kind of had a, 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 a falling out with one of the managers. So we have like three different like service managers that come in and out. And this guy was like trying to tell me where to put keys, you know, and, or so it was just stupid. But I just looked at him and said, listen, I'm going to do what I've always been doing, which is put the keys for the cars here. And I don't really, I don't really give a shit what you say. <laughs> and I kind of walked away. And then I went to lunch, right? Because it was my time to go to lunch. And I guess this guy was like, where did Russ go? Did he just like walk out? Or <laughs> like he was all nervous and shit, this guy. And uh, I went home, I had lunch, but I was, so we're signed up automatically into a 401k at work. I probably shouldn't have been talking about this. I'm, I might get in trouble even saying this publicly, <laughs> but I'm saying it anyway, because it's what I do. Um, if you do, so if you I'm take, automatically signed up, I'm automatically signed up into a retirement program too, Russ. Are you? That's pretty well, it's, common. It's just, it's just, but this is a shitty one. It's a 401. Nope. I'm 52 years old, Chuck. I don't need a fucking 401k. Yeah, I you, a company you need it more than the... anybody else because yes, the Russ, chances you of do... you living into your 70s are way higher than you think. You Russ, think you're going to die tomorrow. K from a previous Russ, employer. you're going to live to be 73 years old. Russ, I have you know a how much house money... that's Russ, already got it's Russ. worth over a quarter million dollars in equity, so I'm cool. Russ, right? you know I don't how need money... your shitty 401k you signed me up into automatically. One more time, Chuck. Like, what was that? Russ, do you know how much money you need so that you can't, so you don't have to work. Uh, $250,000. How long will $250,000 allow you to live? It depends on where I live and how I invest. Um, the cheapest place in the okay. United States. Okay. So a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, you need, you need a million and a half Behind dollars. McDonald's. You sound like a you sound like Can't a fucking investment counselor. No, yeah, I'm not. like one of these motherfuckers on the phone and telling me why I should invest like half of my fucking money in Russ, this shitty. Phone. I don't think okay. you know how money works. <laughs> I but hey, I was doing stock market shit like back. That's in not what I'm saying. Late 90s. No, you can do yeah. stock market. No, you did it in the late nineties. And how much money do you have? How much money do I have now. Well, right now? My house is my most of my equity. Yeah, which is something, but it's not, it's not, no, it's like when we say like, okay, when I say that you don't necessarily understand what money is, right? I think you understand it at its most basic form. Like, so, it's, but, it's but that's not the point. Be, but, like, I get what you're saying, but if I want to invest my money in a 401k, uh -huh. I already have a 401k. Yep. So and I can put my money into that. So no, roll it in, that roll right it in together. Mind. Take take your existing 401k and then move it to the new one. They yeah. won't let me. That's what I was pissed off about too. They won't let me, they won't even let me choose the fund. So the, the company I work for has its own fund and they forced me into that fund. And I screenshotted it and said, what the fuck is this shit? And I got a call from HR. Because I included T. Rowe Price. I probably shouldn't have said that. Who is the company who who uh, does our fucking four hundred one k in the tweet? And I just said, and here's here's another thing. My other coworkers have also been pissed off about this because they also didn't notice. We were telling every new person that comes in, hey, make sure you don't click the accept and continue, where you accept having you know 
a big chunk of your check taken out to this 401k. Well, the idea of a 401k is to be able to have something that is conservative, relatively right. conservative, and that's consistently making money for you behind the scenes. Well, and that's I the idea that. behind it. I, I know, that. but but you have, and so, I mean, this is just me being very blunt, Russ, you have a cocaine mentality. And so when it comes no, to no, most no, things, no, no. you have a meth mentality? No, <laughs> I have a baseball mentality. Let's put it that way. So okay. mechanics, what I've noticed about this business is mechanics are like baseball players and they work a few years in this place. And then they go to that place. Sure. And then they go to that place because sure. they make more money or they don't like the people they work with or whatever. But mechanics are in high demand. So very few of them stay at the same place for more than a couple of years. Well, what happens and when these, electric these cars companies assume that we're going to fucking work there until we retire? Like, fuck you. Yeah. I don't need your to be signed up in a 401k. Every <laughs> that's what a 401k is, Russ. But that's bullshit. It's the company's investment in you as an employee. They are <laughs> betting that you're going to stay with them. They're betting right. on your loyalty. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> that's bullshit. I know. I know. I know. No, that's I don't what think by, they're even no, betting no, on that's that. That's what they're I mean by you have a cocaine mentality. Okay, so betting on you're not wrong. Into a you're not wrong. There's just a side to this you're not seeing. Russ, when you're done in three years, transfer it all to a simple IRA then. 401 they wouldn't let me I, I asked him about exemption. that dude i know financial shit like i have a yeah. fucking ira i have a 401k and i have an ira and i go. said can i move my 401k into my ira and they said no you're, not you're stuck right. in our not bullshit not. fucking thing until you are 60 or 59 and a half what'd you say Derek? that's how that works what's I'm that sure that's not how it works at all that's how no, it works, it's, man. I it's called not, on the phone not. for hours. And then no. I tweeted because I was pissed off after I got off the phone. Well, I've had to do the same thing, Ross. It took me like two weeks. Two weeks for what? To be able to transfer it. You have to stick with it. No, I called them. They said I can't transfer it. I'm not, not allowed right to transfer now. it. Right. No, well, it's a process. It's a process. In three years. No, it's not even a process. It's a no until you're 60 or 59 and a half. Not then good. you can get out. They won't even let me. They no, no, no. You, no, actually, I, I think you're you talking can... about transferring it into into cash funds, liquid that you can use. Uh, no, no, no. I'm not thinking. I'm not. No, I'm talking no? about even transferring then, it into a IRA or no. Even then, even then, Russ, you can actually cash it out. Yeah. You take well, it. You take true. the tax. You have There's to pay the taxes plus ten percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or even turn it into my own index fund. Like I. I no, it's it is your money, Russ. I can't even do that. I can't. No, your your four hundred one k is one hundred percent your money. It is yours. No, it's not. It's yes, their it money. They forced me into a fund that I don't get to choose where I put my money. That's why I'm pissed off. That's why I got a call from HR because I said, "What the fuck is this? Like I can't. I don't even get to choose where my money goes." That's seriously. Russ, I you're not listening to That's us. That's how it's set up. Yes, so Russ, to fucking Russ, you have a you have a mental block when it comes to money, Russ, and okay. all all four of us can see it, and it's really big. No, it's not. Yeah, right there. What do you think a mental block looks like, Russ? <laughs> what do you think a mental block looks like? It's someone screaming, "No, it's not!" Into their computer. Dude, That's I was on the phone is. with these fucking people for two hours. Two weeks, Russ. Two weeks. <laughs> No, it Casey, wasn't too weeks. No, they said you cannot transfer the money. Can now, I transfer it to my now my is account? what they said. No, but you can do it in a couple days. No, it's I can't. Process. There was no process. They said you cannot move the money. 
You can't move it. Did, how That's many times did you try this? How many times? I talked to the, the guy at fucking T. Rowe Price, and he said... One time. You did it one time, didn't I you? I called twice. You talked to I an idiot. I got transferred to another guy when I was... You talked to an order. idiot. You talked to somebody who was a newbie, who was just hired that day, who didn't know anything that he was talking about, and he gave you don't terrible information, and you're using it for your entire financial... I don't want to sound insensitive, but this is really fucking boring. <laughs> okay, Chuck, what do you want to talk about? Are we arguing? Oh, no, no, we were. No, you're just not listening. Um, let's talk about it's fuck real wealth. Let's talk about fake wealth. Okay. What's fake? You know, wealth? Fake what is wealth, fake wealth is like you know having a gazillion dollars and you're a fucking idiot. You win the lottery. Yeah. There Keep was going. a reality show. Keep, no, no, no. Rest, rest. rest. Shh, shh, shh. We talked about so, you. I want to <clears> talk about Chuck. <laughs> I bought a. Oh, what was it? A Mega Millions or Powerball or some stupid thing that just happened in, I don't know, last week, two weeks ago or whatever. It was like a billion dollars for the fucking payout. And I was talking to Katie about this. And it's like, so what would you do? I wouldn't change a fucking thing. However, dumb people don't do that. They go and buy a fucking house that they can't afford. They open up like three fucking businesses. They do this. They do that. A billion dollars is too much. No. That's a that's a cruel thing to do to someone. Like you, <laughs> you should never give someone a billion dollars. I could spend it in a month. That's like that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you just said it. Mm-hmm. That is the exact problem. You could spend it in a month, and then what? Because like, after um, you spend it, you've you just pulled a Nicolas Cage. You've just gone like way into massive debt yeah. because you just didn't do go past one billion. You went past two no, billion. You no, were no, like, no, oh, not Nicholas Cage. No, no, I, I trumped it. Uh, the richest fucking poor man <laughs> on the planet. That was now, terrible. See, because then you have to go through the rest of your entire life explaining to people why you had a billion dollars and have nothing to show for it. Or and not, not, not have nothing to show for it being a billion dollars in debt. Yeah, and having every single person that you ever meet in the future give you a nod like, oh, you're a Mm -hmm. fucking moron. Yeah, but you're a moron, so you don't get it. No, you get it. You just don't understand why they (laughs) they treat you like a moron. That's why the Beverly Hillbillies... You don't understand why everybody treats you like an idiot. (laughs) That's what happens, Chuck. (laughs) I know, it's great. (laughs) And they spend the rest of their life confused, not understanding... Why nobody likes them? Steve, Steve, <laughs> you remember the, the Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah. That was sort of I a... Remember the Beverly- you guys, have you seen that? You guys seen that? Yes. Oh, my dad. Oh, we could That was kind stories. of the same. That yeah. was the premise, right? Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, but it was full of shit. It was like they were washing well, their clothes in the sink and shit. <laughs> yeah, but no, like... Like, like hillbillies are way stupider than that. Like, they... They, they weren't they whitewashed. Stupid. They were just no. They were they were cute. It was yeah. Sweet. They were cute and sweet. They were cute. That is were that is not the people sweet. that I grew up with. <laughs> no, because Gra- Granny's like she's like distilling. You know, she's yeah. back like making spirits and stuff. And that was that was the weirdest it was. But in reality, it's way kinkier yeah. than that. It's like no, Gary, we're not gonna talk about it, Granny. <laughs> Meth and moonshine do not make the hillbilly. That is not what happens when you do meth and moonshine. That's you, you look at look at the majority of professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
They're the what is it like three years? Three years after they retire, Steve, they're bankrupt and divorced. Yep. Yeah, it just happened to Earl Thomas. Well, because they don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. They they know who the world wants them to be, but they don't know who they are. Well, and and they've they've been given so much money, so much stupid money. Yeah. For their ability to whatever, throw a ball, hit a ball, catch a ball, that they have no concept. And a lot of them, I mean, I would be in the same mess if I had been given that kind of money at that age. Oh, I'd be bankrupt and divorced a couple of times because you have no, unless you have a real grounding, you don't have it. I mean, a lot of the guys I knew when I did the Sonics, they are still have making money, but they're all still, still working. Mm. You know, they're not just Michael Jordan. You can't all be Michael Jordan. You know, Michael Jordan, there's a, what was the, uh, there was that kid out of uh, that choked a coach in Golden State and said he couldn't play for $7 million a year because he's got mouths to feed. And he's out of the league and he's broke. So, yeah, it, yeah, it, it's pretty, it's pretty sad because then you see what they're throwing their money down on, too. It's well, and, and that's the topic that came up when we were talking about this earlier is why do people actually want to be rich? So if you get rich off the stock market, you don't want to be rich. You want to prove to everybody around you that you're smarter than they are. That is what you actually want. And yeah, so it just comes back to that basic capitalistic ideal. People want to prove that they're better than other people. Like that's the goal is to prove that they're better than other people. But the real reason they want to prove they're better than other people is because they actually want to be attractive to other people. It's just a super fucked up way to do it because they don't realize that actually makes them less attractive. It doesn't make them more attractive. So they get more and more and more and more money and they don't understand why people hate them more and more and more and more the more that they get. And really all they want is for somebody to sit down with them and take care of them and say, I understand your perspective and I value it and I'm going to spend time with you anyways. That's all anybody wants. Yeah. But we've convinced each other that we've got to work so hard we give ourselves cancer to get to the point where other people will respect us but we don't actually nobody actually knows what respect is that's yeah respect doesn't come with you, yeah you can't you don't buy respect in fact again like jeff bezos like what a twat like just n- not a likable human being at all not likable Right. And he's never going to figure that out. Yeah. He will never understand because he's, you know, he's got that nerdy, underachieving kid thing going on. And he will never, ever, ever understand why people don't like him. He's not Elon Musk. No, Elon, Elon understands how to make people like him. Mm -hmm. Elon gets that probably better than any billionaire ever. Mm-hmm. And Bezos is the anti-Elon, and he, yeah, he just keep—he's just going to continue to keep buying shit and making more money, and he's never going to get to the point where anybody likes him, and he's gonna die alone on some island like a fucking supervillain, mm-hmm. because because he's never going to figure out why people don't like him. You watch—it's gonna happen. I think the whole blue 
the whole you know all this news spacex is getting you know he's looking at his own little blue origin company and oh he's pissed i need to get out of this you know day-to-day amazon thing and invest in my rockets he even said that in an interview like i have so much money i can't spend it in my lifetime so i want to go to space yeah like except, a, like a, like except a, he's up he's money. up against he's up against a guy who has workers that like him and, he, <laughs> and so he will always lose and he's never going to understand why he's going to get his ass kicked over and over and over again and he's going to try and fucking cheat and he's going to try and find he's going to try and poach away all of these people from from uh, from SpaceX, and Elon's going to say, "Okay, I will find someone else who likes me because I got a line a mile long of people I'm that one like of them. me." I really like Elon Musk a yeah. lot. No, and everybody <laughs> fucking hates Jeff I Bezos. Have a crush I have a Speaking of SpaceX, did you guys watch the um, <laughs> the rocket uh, was it called Star the Starship yesterday? Yes, fucking it, it, ex- it exploded when it. No, it, it was yeah, pretty so really. To be fair, that's that's how SpaceX does it. That is, that is they, true. They blow up a shit ton of rockets. That is what they do. That yeah. blow up. So wait, they is something blew very, up yesterday? They are very, very uh, trial and error. They've crashed so many fucking rockets. I know, but that's why it's so great. Oh, 14 hours ago, the FAA to oversee investigation of SpaceX and Mars. I wish I knew how to do put like on the screen the pictures because if you look at those rockets, they look a lot like penises. Oh, he does. He's he is Doctor (laughs) Evil. He's fucking bald. He's weird with the rockets. There's like a and he sends penis-shaped rockets into space, and he wears scars like he's a fucking. And He's I have a crush evil. on him. I'm sorry, but no, it's not Elon the Musk. Truth. Bezos. Oh, Bezos. Yeah. Mine then. Wait, Bezos, Bezos says it. Russ, just yeah. Give me the Bezos ability to share screen. I'll show you the. I'll show you the <laughs> video of it. Okay. <laughs> oh, Chuck knows how to do. But that. they look like dicks, right? Yeah, they do. Jeff yeah. Bezos is. They look like fucking yeah. dicks. Yeah. Come on, Russ. What? Let He's me share screen. Something. Oh, how do I how do I do that? I don't know. How to do oh, that. fuck! Never mind. Seriously, <laughs> 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 put it at the bottom and just hit share screen. Share screen. Where is it? Oh, there it is. You I got the permissions. No, I don't have permission. Yeah, he needs permission. How do I do permission? Fucking. Oh, come on, Russ. Give me permission to call the bathroom. Dad. Security. Oh, here we go. Uh, share screen. There we go. This is like Nobody super bad. Show. There you go, Chuck. Whoa. <gasps> Look at that. That is so cool. It looks like a big penis. <laughs> well, that's, that's what a spaceship is. Yep. A spaceship is a giant dick, and you're like, hey, Sky. Wait, wait, I need to watch that again. No, no, no. Right, hold on. Fuck this guy. No, no, no. I don't want to see the rest. Of, I don't want to see the rest. Of, I just want to see the explosion again. Start over. Right there. No, no, no. no. Right there. no. The Start over. Hold on. Oh. There's a good explosion. <laughs> Beginning. It's lots of explanation. Thank you. This is what men with too much wealth do. They drive this guy and be quiet. Boom. There. That is a giant dick. Well, it's actually a giant tiny dick because it's one of these big. And that's the thing. The greatest part about Elon Musk is he will post all of his failures. Yes. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Check. Check. Now pull up a picture of Blue Origins rocket. Pull up a picture of Blue Origins rocket because that's the penis one. 
That one really, that one's got balls. It's not just a cock, oh. it's cock and balls. Oh, no. It does. Okay. Oh, oh, come on, for God's sake. No, 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 no. If Derek says it, it's a thing. Because again, remember, Quaker. So, Quaker engineer. So when he sees it, he sees it. Okay, which one? Yeah, that's a that's a dick. That's a total. That's a total dick, right? There. Look at that. I didn't realize yeah, there were so cool. many comparisons here. Oh my god, you're not kidding! I already see it. Yeah, it's got a fucking dick. Oh head. no! <laughs> <laughs> You know he did it that way so that he could sell sex toys if it was. Oh, he <gasps> no, he's a genius though. That's why I think it's yes. great. He's because a giant he thinks penis. about everything. I love it. Yeah, that's a I giant know. cock. <clears throat> well, that's marketing Again, to like, women like me. He's so. Smart. What else do you expect a billionaire to do? To like, I'm going to make a giant money. cock and I'm going to fuck the sky. Yeah. Winning the lot, winning the lottery would be amazing. He's Austin Powers. <laughs> he is. He's Austin fucking Powers. Yeah, he's, awesome. he's fantastic. No, he's Doctor Evil. Wait, Why make him? Are we still talking about Jeff Bezos? Or are we talking yeah. about Elon yeah. Musk? Jeff Bezos is Dr. Evil. I know. I'm talking about Elon Musk. Elon Musk is Austin Powers. Oh, okay. Hey, have any of you guys ever got I'm talking about my crush on Elon Crust. Okay. Elon Crust. Here's Elon a Musk. question. <laughs> have any of you guys ever got into like a like a multi-level or something like that? Like, like are you talking about pyramid schemes? Shack? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. As soon as you say multi-level, like mm -mm. My, now we're talking about a cult, Russ. No, my wife did it. My new wife did it for a while. Which one? Which wife? No. <laughs> which, which what? Which multi-level? Oh, she was in a makeup company called NYR. Okay. She did okay for a while. It was oh. it was a good thing to take her mind off of the mundane existence she had staying home with kids. So. Yeah. But the, the way they pump, so I was in Amway for a while. And both oh, yeah, that's the classic. That's the oh, go-to. And it was is like, that a, is that the? That's not the pink Cadillac one, right? No, it, that's, that's Mary Kay. That's Mary Kay. That's right. Amway is a soap company. It's been yeah. around forever. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a pyramid scheme, Russ. Yeah, it was a pyramid scheme. Mm -hmm. But I want, like, seriously, I wanted to get rich. Like, Russ, you're really good at finding cults. You're like no that that is your thing and that's what that's what that's what this is that's what you're creating here is you're creating, creating another here. cult that's what punk theology is it's another cult it's another cult cults are based around personality make so money like personality make that's money. what this is it's completely could... based around our personalities yep <laughs> so <laughs> what do you think we we're, we're doing i'm rich i don't I, really i thought i'd be giving i'd I'm an entry level member of this cult. I want way more money. I I do this too. Cult, Make it happen, sucks. please. This cult really sucks. I don't disagree. That's always been my experience with cults. I've always been very angry about it. The first time I realized our Quaker denomination was a cult, I think it was about six. I looked at mom and I was like, what the fuck are you doing, woman? And I'm still very angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys were Quakers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, friends, the friends. Yeah, yeah. So, so think about Idaho, Quaker, NRA, Quaker. Now take those two things, mash that. them together, and Quaker fuck up. your head. Because well, I, my brother-in-law played football for Friends University in uh, Wichita, Kansas. Quakers. Yeah. That was my first exposure. Yeah. It's fun. It's, as far as cults go, it's pretty good. 
I agree. As far as cults go, it's probably one of the better ones. I have spent, many issues I spent with it though. Dollars that I did not have to go to an Amway function, where they told me how life that I was living was totally not cool. Like they showed, they showed like people at the beach. It's, you just, know, it's just called church. towing their fucking like you know cooler to the beach and throwing their towels on the beach and how shitty they, and then they show some guy in a boat you know going across he's a billionaire on his fucking yacht hey wait Derek, what did you say with your truck it's just called church oh, man. it is called church isn't it russ yeah. russ you don't know the difference between a cult and a church <clears throat> no it's a cult is a culture honestly i mean if you can build any kind of culture that can hook people you have a cult. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And that's yeah, what church that's is. The root word, a culture. That is what church is. And oh, you yeah. take that, it is, it's a culture. And then you follow that all the way through to the point of its completion. And you realize it's a dead end. But it's always There's nothing there. there. It's always it based Amazon. on exclusivity. Microsoft. And hierarchy. Mm. It's always got hierarchy and it's always got exclusivity. A job is kind of a cult. I work for a cult and they're trying to suck me into their branding and their you know lifestyle and all that shit. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Everything with hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. But Russ, you also have your own individual culture in your head. You are your own version of a cult. Yep. Ooh, is this where we get into like the multiple people in my head thing? You have many. I think of all of us, you probably have the most. I would have to agree. <laughs> you are quite. You are. You're a very fractured person, my friend. I am. I know. Mm-hmm. You're. You are. So just picture. Just a. You are a windshield that has been shattered. I am. Yes. That's I, you. I know. I know this. You are whole within the fact that all of those pieces are still present. They're just not together. Well, I'm finding more pieces every day. So I got that going for me. You're doing a good job, Russ. You are. No, you really are. You are you're doing a good job. Like you are, you're finding all the pieces, you're putting them together, and you're never gonna have the whole complete windshield, but you sure as hell will have a great mosaic. And I think that's a beautiful way of describing people that are really after wealth. Because people that really want money and want to get rich, like they think they can find the one piece that's going to solve the puzzle. And if I can just do the thing to be like Tony Robbins or Elon Musk or one of these fucking guys. Wait, 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 wait. Russ, 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 Russ. Sorry. So I'm, I'm the host now. <clears throat> All right. Am I deflecting? <laughs> no, I am. Um, I, think we, I think we both are right now. No, I, I really All right. Don't. There you go. But, but no, I just had the upper hand for the moment. But... <laughs> <laughs> if, if you were if you were a billionaire what would you do if i was a billionaire yeah have you no, seen shut, shut up chuck go away are you may are you familiar with youtube culture the cult that is youtube there's yeah, this guy yeah. mr beast if i had a billion dollars i think i would still live the lifestyle i live but i would have a shit ton of fun with that money I would love to be like Mr. Beast and just do weird shit with a bunch of money. No, no, <laughs> fuck off. No, I'm going to interject. Sorry, I'm Russ. You would not. Though. It's a billion fucking dollars. Nobody on this God forsaken planet would ever fucking do the exact same thing. 
Yeah, I'm not saying I would do the exact same thing. That's why Russ is special. It's true though. No, like Russ is unique in that. And that I actually do think that he would, he'd find a a weird little niche to go to torture himself. I think that's just what you do, Russ. Yeah, you are. I would do what's fun. That would be really fun for me. And you would find the pain in it. That's, that's where you find fun. You find, you find fun right in the middle of the discomfort. That's what makes you great. That's why you have created this, this cult slash sure <laughs> that is punk theology. Cause what this whole, what this podcast is, is it's a tack. It's, it's used. This whole podcast is a giant pain in the ass. Like who wants to sit on a tack on their chair? Right. Actually, a lot of men, a lot of men want to do that because that's how they All find motivation. Kink. Don't kink shame us. Oh, <laughs> oh, I haven't. Oh, have, we haven't talked about my kinks yet, have we? Oh, oh. dear Lord. <clears throat> that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, I asked I asked Russ last week if he was, well, I actually asked everybody except Steve if they're okay with the whole idea of female sexuality. And, and Russ said, Yes, please. Uh. <laughs> I didn't say that. I missed that. I must have gone yeah, to you bed. Did. You no, did. <laughs> you did. You went to bed, and then we had that conversation. And and so Derek, ref- Derek went. Re- eh. Revisit it for me a minute. And wait, who was who was really nice Chuck. and considerate Chuck was very and open? Sweet. Chuck. And- Chuck was the sweetest person that I've ever met in my entire life because that is who Chuck is. He is. There you go. He is, he is a pure oh, and innocent soul. I am who, not innocent by any means. That's that's the problem. You don't you don't know that. You you know everything else that isn't the innocence. And yeah. and I I get the pleasure and the honor and the opportunity to be able to see that which is Chuck, which is the most beautiful, which is actually pretty damn cool. But then there's Steve, who is who is in a similar vein is a really, really good person with a huge ego and who is also incredibly humble. Hmm. To me. <laughs> well, we tried to get you to do this when you, when you were in the, in the studio with us that time and you said you need to know us better. I, I did. I, did need to, I needed to spend more time because not, not because of you guys, but because of me. I'm, I'm terrified of people. I'm yeah. scared. Of, I'm scared like to death to be known and and i know what it's like to be the fun energetic bubbly entertaining person but but don't you really really want to just be fully known yes i do i know don't we all yeah i think yes i think so i think so i mean i i I was i was really scared of people knowing me and then i got to the place where i didn't give a fuck which is a more fun place i i don't know but you know, for 1995, I could show listeners. <laughs> I'm kidding. But you're not. <laughs> not even a little bit kidding. 1995. 1995. No, not 1995. That's your. Uh, that's. That that is the moment in time for you, Russ. I think when you are you are most proud and you are most ashamed. What? 1995. No, that was my son was born in 1995. Uh-huh. I think you're the most proud and you're the most ashamed. Wow, that's wild. My son <laughs> leading to that role where he dressed. Our son was <laughs> Oh, I probably shouldn't. 
Oh, our son came home last night. He had a fight with his girlfriend, and uh, for like a few hours, and then he went back to her. It was weird. I'm not going to explain the whole thing. Russ, you are almost vulnerable. You're almost there. You're almost real. Almost where? You you defer back to your near death experience, but you don't talk about what's going on right now. You have a lot of pain in your family. Oh, and you you hold a lot of shame too. Oh uh, yeah, but I'm shedding the shame. You're working on you are working on it. You are. No, and you're getting there. That's what I mean by like your your relationship with your son, 1985. Like that was that was a crucial well, I was year. 95. For you. Oh, what, 95? Yeah. yeah. He said 95. You said 95 originally. You did say 95. I said 85 because I was thinking 86. No, you said 95. That's the year I was born, 86. So this is oh, this 86. is about me. Yes. Right now I'm seeing you as a very as a very dad-like figure, Russ. This is this is a conversation right now between you and your son. That's what this is. I smoked a lot of weed in 1986. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and are you ashamed of that? No. Russ, did you smoke enough weed to give yourself schizophrenia? No. Yes, he did. Are you sure? I remember Holy I remember not. when Beetlejuice came out when, when the movie Beetlejuice came out. Okay. And when uh <laughs> when, when uh he he goes, I got demons running all through me. Oh, I got demons running all through me. That was sort of my joke with my family. So my highly re- religious family would like ask me why my hair was like halfway down my ass and where I wore all the weird clothes I wore. Hey, Russ, how old were you in 1995? 1995. Sorry, wait, 85? You were talking about smoking weed in 85. 85, 95 is when you were born in 95. I think I was 16 in 85. 85 is when you were 16 years old. That's what happens. I'm not sure that that's a thing. THC binds, it binds with the fatty acids in your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that's developing. Russ, be quiet for a second. Russ, be quiet for a second. Russ, be quiet for a second. Okay. So between the ages of 16 to 25 years old is when your prefrontal cortex, this part of your brain is developing. And that's the part that is responsible for decision-making. Right. The part of you that decides what you are going to do with who you are as a person and in your life. And if you smoke a ton of THC, it binds with that and inhibits inhibits the ability for it to be able to expand. So you have done your best in spite of having what is most likely some kind of significant brain injury. I mean, yes. To be honest, you probably did damage your brain significantly. Probably. And yet... You are hanging my in there. Russ, Russ, hang in here. Hang in here for a second. Hang in here. No, I know this is hard for you. Listen to her. This, I'm this is hard. No, this is hard for you because it's it's you want to make it a joke. I know I you do. want to make it a joke, but it's not funny. It's funny though. To no, me. it is funny until it's not. I'm and okay. Then it's, and then it's really sad. We're not questioning that. I'm not questioning that. We know you're okay. You're a fighter. You've always been a fighter. We don't question that. That's why you're here. That's why we're here. Because you're the toughest one of all of us. And you hang in there. And you have found other fighters. That is who you are. And that is okay. You fucked your brain. It's okay. 
Yeah. It really But is. I had a lot of fun doing it. Good. I hope you did, because you know what? Derek and I had no fun between 16 and 25. None. We gave ourselves <laughs> Yes, we did on, we did. Oh my God. We didn't even need weed to give ourselves. Oh my God. Yeah, you're right. Don't worry, Russ. I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I the same thing. Oh, I've always been worried about that. But you know what? Now that I'm there, I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad. I always figured I have... Because I've been diagnosing myself all the way through being a therapist. I'm like, oh, I have that. Oh, I have that. Oh, I have that. Oh, I have that. And I always figured I probably had schizophrenia on some, in some form. And, but that, but like Derek said, I got to catch them all. Like I have to catch not just the personality disorders, but I have to catch the mental health, mental health issues. Because if I don't catch them, I'll never understand them. It's just, it's just experiment or not experiment. It's ex exploration it has a roots in exploration. Yeah. And, and highly creative people think it's worth weird shit. Yeah. No, like if you get, I mean, and this is, this is like an ego stretch, but like, if you compare yourself to Einstein, like he was a weird fucking dude. <laughs> he was oh, yeah. really, he was a really weird fucking dude. And yet I think what was so great about him, he didn't give a shit. He was just going to go ahead and be himself. And he was going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, E equals MC squared. And everyone's like, yes, it does. Well, he happened to be smart enough that his schizophrenia was helped, was helpful. So that's where we're at. That is where we're at. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Is so. that I'm leaning into my mental illnesses and finding out where they heal themselves is because they go far enough on the spectrum that eventually they turn. Because they get so dark that they become light. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it becomes a genius. And that is what I think I think we all as humans are trying to figure out is where where is that turning point? And then within that pivot point, who am I? I think everybody has some level of schizophrenia. Probably. It's it's like everybody has some level of being a psychopath. And depression and ADHD. And, and anxiety and yes, all the things and post-traumatic stress and DID and yes, all the things. Yeah. And it's everybody, everybody is so afraid of the label that they take it and they put it on to others. And then... And then those people that have them, so it was like Pete Davidson, like he, he's so open about having borderline personality disorder, but he takes it and he uses it like it is a, it's a billboard. Yeah, most comedians he, do. Comedians. Well, right, where they take their worst pain and then they make fun of it. They are their own bullies, which is yeah. why they're hilarious. But they don't know how to be able to follow that all the way through the, to the point of completion that all of a sudden it becomes healthy. That not only are you not your own bully anymore, you are your own savior. You're not a master. That's person. the other side. Yeah. And that's where I have to say, so when we talk about our Quaker tradition, that's the beauty of the Quaker tradition is that you suffer until you save yourself. Mm. And that is pretty fucking cool. That was something I noticed, Kristen, you brought that up when I was in recovery groups, like there's so many recovery groups where somebody would share some really fucked up thing about their life. And I'm like, Oh, fuck me too. <laughs> you know, and like over and over again, like, Oh, I felt that same thing. You know, there's those pieces. I mean, those were, that was like church to me. It is I was so pissed off. I remember another guy wrote about this in a book being pissed off about why, why is the church basement where real 
spiritual shit happens you know mm. where people are vulnerable and people because it's closer to the ground that's why <laughs> i really think i really think that's the reason it's because the closer you get to real humility the better it is i had a conversation with somebody this week who was who's a former mormon and she she spent nine years in the mormon church and it just especially as a woman it just stripped her all the way to the backbone of her identity as, as, a, as a human as a woman there was nothing left for her and it, I mean, it, it, like, to go in there with a paring knife and to think about how you have nothing to be as a soul. And then she, she and I had this conversation about how she went into the Mormon tradition and she took away the best of the best of their theology. And then she walked away. Mm. Like, how cool is that? She didn't get stuck in it. Yeah. But she, she went in and she took the creme de la creme, the top 1% and she, she stripped them. And then she left. Mm. And they're, they're still angry with her that, she, I mean, she was talking about how she, uh, she was just looking at her, her, basically her Mormon report card, which is saying that she hasn't come to call for the last three years and she's in serious trouble with the temple. And she's just like, fuck that shit. <laughs> right. No, I think that's amazing. I have so much admiration and respect for people who have lived within that experience and I can relate to them as far as I can. And, and those are the people that, those are, those are my friends. Those are the ones I want to connect with. I want, I want to understand their suffering because they are way more human than I am. Mm. I want to understand their pain because it's going to bring me back home. And the more I stay in my ethereal intellectual palace the the crazier i get but like, isn't your intellectual palace sort of like the mormon church like yes yes it is theology or systematic and know. i want the iconoclasts i want the people who are coming out and who are grabbing shit out of the church and they're burning it <clears throat> like everything that is 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 considered to be uh, something that is that is godlike, something to be worshipped. They're they're going to take it and they're going to defile it. That is, those are my people, mm. the ones who who see the beauty and the divinity, and they say that's not me. Right. I am. I am. If I'm going to be so bold as to say that I am right within Satan's realm, then I guess that's what I'll say. I think the defilement of the dogma is a healthy thing, but there's always good things you can take from any religion. Right now I'm, st- I'm reading a book on, on Zen Buddhism, <laughs> you know, because there's things in there that I can, I can, uh, there's, I've collected pieces and things of, of all these different religions and th- ways of thinking. You know, a lot of my Christianity was good. Even Mars Hill, there was the really good Dirk talked about that recently in a, episode like there was good things that we can pull from from that you know even catholicism as much as i hate as a as a sexual abuse survivor like i i don't know how anyone can be a catholic today i really don't i mean it kind of pisses me off inside seriously really but i love catholicism russ but i think <laughs> Ew! Uh, not, not, not. I understand what you're talking about, right, like the right. tradition of it. Sorry, but go there's, ahead. There's people that 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 hold on to it, you know, and I get it because it's beautiful. There's some beauty. Do you it. get it? No, there's not some beauty. There is like, 
there is so much beauty oh, yeah. within that structure. Right. No, it is. It is a gorgeous sense of structure and routine and to be able to go back again and again and feel to feel connected, to feel connected to the heartbeat of humanity within the collective. Like who wouldn't want that? It's and it's those who are who have been hurt the most by it that have the hardest time really connecting with it. And that makes perfect sense. But all those others, all those other experiences who were never violated by that sense of community, like those are the ones who really connect within Catholicism. Right. And that's, it's, those are two different entities because there's you and then there's them. And their experience is so joyous and full and complex. And then there's you who is suffering so that they can be happy. I want to do an episode on Jesus magic sometime soon. Yes, please. Okay. Jesus. But John and I, <laughs> what did you say, Jack? Yes, please. Yeah. So John and I had a conversation the other day about <laughs> Jesus magic and how, um, so Anton LaVey again, I keep bringing him up, but he's the one that figured out, like he used Satanism to really strip down Christianity and figure mm -hmm. out what was really valuable and what wasn't. And really all religion, the real value is in the placebo effect. Is, uh, is yeah, tricking your mind into, into finding a perspective Absolutely. That, that, uh, that makes you believe something enough to the point where it actually shifts reality a little bit. Um, and I think for all the faults of the Catholic Church, it's way better and way more honest with the placebo effect than evangelical Christianity ever was. Because mm -hmm. evangelical Christianity just went crazy <laughs> with their Jesus magic bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like they just went off the fucking rails. Yeah. Like supernatural. Yeah, it's like evangelical Christianity is what happens when you let white people go unchecked. <laughs> um, we're in it just splintered. <laughs> It just splinters into like <laughs> don't forget country music. Yeah, right. It just oh, splinters. No. Into I love country music. Shut up, Russ. <laughs> like, like what happened to evangelical Christian Christian was fascinating. And like it's through from the 70s, from the Jesus movement, it splintered into like 50,000 different splinters. And then through the 90s and 2000s, it started to congeal. And then we got Trump. And oh. that's what they decided to congeal into. That is That was their pinnacle of, of, of yeah, of where they all ended up. Uh, hold on, sorry. My son is playing something really loud. I have to go fix it. You guys talk among yourselves. Oh, Joe, tell him I think he's adorable. There you go. He is. Give him a hug for me. He's a, he's a sweetie. Russ wants to know what his favorite color is. Sorry. Do you what want to know it? what? Wait, what is Joe's favorite color? I should I should know, but I don't know this. I'm a terrible aunt. What was it? I think it's red. You're not sure either. He 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 changes it. Oh, that's I think true. red. At that age. No, that's true. You're right. Where it's constantly in flux. Yeah. Mine's mine's still in flux. Sometimes it's green, sometimes it's blue, sometimes it's orange, sometimes Mine's it's yellow, fucking sometimes red it's red. All the goddamn time. It's sometimes red. it's purple. <laughs> Steve, what's Wait, your what favorite? was that, Russ? <laughs> Steve, what's your favorite color? Probably purple. Maybe. Is it? Like royal purple or light it's purple? The color of wealth. Probably darker purple. 
Really? Yeah, oh, had, royalty. I had a purple uh, Honda V65 Magna back in 83. Was oh, it shimmery? Oh, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Was it? Yeah. But you I, got all the girls, didn't you, Steve? I was married. No, 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 no. Go back. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. No, no. Well, <laughs> I had I had I had this huge afro <laughs> that the girls loved to touch. I was married. <laughs> when I had the bike, you're funny. <laughs> I know how you think. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. Is it? No. Oh, okay. It would have been, but it's not anymore. I love I love how men think. I love it. I was having a conversation with, with a friend of mine earlier today, just about, so I've, I've worked in four different coffee shops in four different states. So Idaho, Washington, Michigan, and Illinois. Those are my, those are my four states. And I always loved working the, the early morning shifts because that's when all the, the older men would come in to, to drink their coffee. So I'd start work at, you know, 4.35 in the morning. And uh, especially, I remember in Chicago, <clears throat> So I'd get all the, the long haul drivers who would go from Chicago to Detroit. And then they would, so they would do that route in a night and then they would come see me and they would talk to me for two, three hours. And those were my favorite people because they would spend all their time thinking. And then they would come and they yeah. would tell me just about how they, they didn't want to be at home. They'd wake up early at three in the morning and they didn't know where to go. And so they would come to my coffee shop and they would, they would have a conversation with me and it was great. And, and I learned a ton from those, those guys. Cause they, I get were, that. they were so smart. Like you, I get Steve. That. Well, no, Steve, that, that is who you no, are. I, yeah. You're, I completely get that. Because it's who you are. You're, you're a brilliant guy. You just never get the opportunity. Pretty much. Yeah, I know. I know. No, you're, you're pretty cool, Steve. Well, thanks. <laughs> no, I, I like you a lot, Steve. I really do. You have, you have a really good heart and you have a really good soul. And you are really safe to be with. Good. Did you ever so, want to be rich, Steve? At some point in your life, like when you were young. I don't know, honestly. There's part of the minimalist that appeals to me, uh, you know, live remotely. Um, one of the things I really like watching is uh, the, uh, Alaska, the last frontier with the Kilcher clan up there. And, and I love that too. They're not as remote as they want you to believe. Oh, I, it's, it's all, it's an act, yeah. but it's still fun. Yeah, I love it that it's fun. a drama. I kind of love that yes, it's a little bit yes. of a soap opera. <laughs> yeah, we were just watching tonight an episode from Sunday. Uh-huh. And that would be to me, I could live in a small mini house secluded somewhere. Mm-hmm. As long as I had access to talk to people. Yes. I wouldn't do well. But I could do okay by myself for a period. But after a while, I, I, need, I need interaction. You know, I need to be stimulated. That's why I love this. And I think the difference now than our previous... Uh, versions of it is that we all have a voice where I didn't think I had that before. Really? Yeah. In our, in our previous life. I think Chuck and I have talked about that. Steve, this might be really weird for me to say, but I really care about you as a person. 
I don't know you super well and I, I don't really feel like I need to, to know like I know you. You're, you're, you're an excellent human. You're a good man. Thank you. I'm trying, working on it. I think you are trying really, really hard. And I can tell you don't hear that very often. No, I don't. I know you don't. And it, it feels very, very important to me to let you know that because I, I don't think you know, but I think you suspect. Yeah, I hear it. You know, I hear it a lot from, the, from, the, from my daughters. Good. That's good. Yeah. Because I think, I'm sure you are a good dad. I'm a better dad. That's that right there. Yeah. That's a good yeah. dad. The yeah. better dad is the good dad. You don't have to be the perfect dad. Yeah. I'm, I'm way better than I was. I look, well, I look at Chuck and I envy <laughs> him and his boys and, and Derek, you and your, and your kids as well um, at that age, you know, where you still have time to pour yourself into them. You know, I, my biggest regret is that we never did uh, daughter, daddy, daughter dates growing up. Uh, even if, uh, you know, my dad never spent a lot of time one-on-one -on -one with me growing mm. up, I would love to have had that, you know, and, and the one thing I did have was baseball. And that's why I think baseball was so, I still to this day love being outdoors, watching a baseball game because it brings back those memories, you know, of, of time with my dad. I think the biggest thing for me has been, and I always idealized the daddy daughter dates, uh, but they're not in my daughter's personality that's not really how she connects um uh but her and i have a very physically loving relationship which is which is something i never had with either of my parents right um and i, I think and and there's just a level of comfort there that uh that feels really nice it's yeah. gotten to the point where when I'm having a bad day, she can kind of do a couple of things to take care of me. And that's a really nice feeling. Um, both because it feels good to feel cared for and because I don't have to manipulate her into getting to a spot where she cares for me. I can just ask for it and she's happy to give it, which is yeah. really, uh, yeah, it's a really, it's, a, I think it's, you know, the thing I always wanted. Well, I think that's kind of, that's daddy daughter date has a weird connotation to it. I mean, it's just being with your, with your daughters. Yeah. One-on-one. -on -one. Right, no, no matter what it is. There's well, always this weird sexual component that just makes it so weird for men. Yeah. Well, and that was, you know, that was a big Mars Hill thing is take your daughter on dates type of thing, yeah. which is fine. But honestly, the, the way my daughter's brain works, there's so much obligation into the idea of a date that she doesn't enjoy it because there's so much powerlessness in that. Um, so, and so if she, she is much more Kristen seeing herself, um, I tell Kristen all the time that my daughter is like exactly like her. <laughs> um, I love Mimi. She's like, <laughs> I, you're raising me, you poor man. Yeah. <laughs> you poor man. <laughs> uh. But I love hearing like me through your eyes i'm just like yes i relate to that oh yeah, i hated well, going yeah, on dates it was the worst thing in the world the obligation oh. is, and my daughter and i are very much on the same page in terms of the best type of love is impromptu and mm -hmm. and uh and improvised um and 
And honestly, the less structure and the mo more aggressive and gross it is, the better it feels because it's pushing through boundaries. <laughs> so, and her and I get that. My my wife doesn't get that at she would not. Misha would not understand <laughs> no. that at all. Misha's no. the she's she's all about nice. Be yeah. nice. And it's like, oh. but it's like, but you can be like really, really best with each other, and it's so much fun. I love being around. Yeah. So and Misha's doing a lot of work on that actually. It's been really that's, good. That's good. Um has it been good no, for you? Mimi and I definitely get each other. And me and Joe and Misha get more along because Joe and Misha are much more rule followers. And they actually feel uh, they feel love through obligation, like obligation feels like love to them. We're so German, aren't we? Yeah, and we have it's more, really and, weird. Yeah, so but it is odd how yeah, I'm, it's split down the family, like me and my daughter, and then I guess that always happens. We get the Jewish side, and they get the German side. Like, what the hell? How did you and Misha end up together? Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I I don't. It's almost like the Germans <laughs> and the Jews don't have a good history together. So. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, why did you marry Misha? Like, because you are very German. Well, I'm mostly British. <laughs> but very German. Yeah, you're very British. German British. No, like, no, it's because you're as British as I am, which is where you and Misha connect because you have that same love. Anglophile. Which I have too. Yes, I'm an Anglophile. I love, I love the the British. But then you're very German, and she's That's true. very Jewish. Like the Germans, like if they can't figure out how to use math to fix it, they just want to rape it. Or kill it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, but very efficiently yeah and they'll give it they'll give it a lot of chances by sticking it in a in a uh uh a fucking camp for a while I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's really only the last straw where they really lose their shit <laughs> Family camping trips with you guys. Oh my god! Family camping trip. Which There's four of us, Russ. There's four of us and two parents. And we're from Idaho. Do you really want to play with that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we should probably we're land good people. Land we're good, play, we're good people. Oh, here's a here's a German joke. Oh no. Oh, it's a good one. How many Germans does it take to screw on a light bulb? Nine. One, one because they're very efficient and have no sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Somebody land the plane. Hey, Chuck. I'm really upset that that made me laugh. <laughs> Those are my favorite jokes. I know. Yes. Because Russ was better. Russ was better. He's just like nine. <laughs> it's a twofer. It's a twofer. If I can get you angry and. He got and in there laugh. early and then you. <laughs> and and it's great if it comes in waves like there's like i don't like that and then a laugh and then i really don't like that i laughed and then more laughing <laughs> and yeah anyways hey chuck yes say good night good night welcome to the world of tomorrow thanks for listening to punk theology hey help a punk rock robot out scratch my itch by hitting that subscribe button like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound? Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio or wherever you hear this fucking podcast. Because millions of people in Western culture are undoubtedly divided and dis disconnected.
because most people keep yelling at each other. To where, listening has become the punk, rebellious or counterculture thing to do. Because talking about the elephant in the room has become more like looking for a lost penny under the couch cushion, that most don't care to find. We would love for you to join us as a co-producer. You can support this content at Patreon, that's Patreon with an E, patreon.com slash punk theology. Yes, it. Yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Or I'll click the patron link at punktheology.net. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content.